0: Welcome to Alpha Gleek Interviews for the 25th of August, 2010. Our guest this show is the amazing, the incomparable star of stage and screen. Okay, fine. Star of YouTube and Internet, Total Biscuit. If you wish to join in with the festivities during this show, please point your web browser at www.vtwproductions.com and select the chat icon at the top of the screen. If you have a webcam, choose the chat plus video option and you can join our video wall where you can see us and we can see you. If you do not have a webcam, choose the chat option and you can join our IRC text chat and give feedback to the host and guest during the show. Total Biscuit, welcome to Alpha Geek Interviews.
1: Thank you. What a wonderful introduction you've got there. I think you've vastly overstated my importance, but whatever, I can go with it.
0: No matter what, don't forget, the internet loves you.
1: Except the part that hates me. The and majority that... of it.
0: And therein lies the fun. Troll baiting seems to be a uh, 24-7, 365 occupation for you. Well done.
1: Just a bit. Just a bit. Big fan of that. A lot you... of fun. Good occupation. Nice and clean.
0: You seem to enjoy it entirely too much. I encourage you to uh, pursue that line. And, you know, If you can figure out how to, you know become rich off of it, please share your secret with me because what a job that I, would be.
1: I will, I will let you know.
0: <laughs> Any second now. So, <laughs> actually, just as a complete tangent, you notice that there's an interesting exploit going on with YouTube right now, which you're uh, yeah. you tweeting about? What's so, going on there?
1: Yeah, so Fred right now is at zero subscribers. I've dropped about 6,000 in the past five minutes. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's as bad as it is, and as potentially bad as it is for me and everyone else, it's still freaking hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the, fa- the ma- stuff that they managed to figure out, you can't help but be impressed by it. I mean, really.
0: 4chan, don't do drugs, kids. Whatever you do. <laughs> and if you've never gone to 4chan, for the love of God, don't let it be me that sent you there for the first time. Steer away. No, there. Are just, just don't do it.
1: Not a particularly good idea. Uh, incidentally, those who don't know, who Fred is—he's one of the most subscribed YouTubers. He's got like over one million subscribers. Not anymore, apparently. <laughs> or at least it's <laughs> oh, not God.
0: displaying them. We're hoping it's just a display bug or a yeah, display app. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, mean, I imagine YouTube will get it fixed up. But holy crap! I mean, that's the second time in what a couple of months now. Yep. It's pretty scary.
0: That's what happens when you're a big, fat, shiny target like YouTube.
1: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No kidding.
0: So if you wish to interact with the show indirectly, you can send email questions in to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com, and we will get to one of our future segments in the show where we read out questions from the community on our forums at vtwproductions.com or from the email or from the terrible black void that is IRC Chat, which we directed you to earlier. Let us begin at the beginning, as it were. Total Biscuit, where were you born?
1: I was born in the wonderful land of England. In the northeast, specifically. I was born near a ruined power plant. This is true, actually, as it happens.
0: How uplifting.
1: Quite. <laughs> mm, right. So I've set the scene for the rest of my life, really. It's like, ah, uh, it's a bombed-out power plant with no windows. It's rather dirty and a bit of a mess, but hey, there you go. That's, it's grim up north, as a lot of people will attest, and according to some of the people in the south, uh, the north is some kind of wild land where wild boar run free and attack passes by.
0: Possibly murlocs. Also that. So, as is an oft-asked question by people who uh, come across you for the first time, your accent would be a northern accent, then?
1: Sort of. It's a big mix. We moved around a lot when I was younger, and then I went to university in the Midlands, then lived in Sheffield for a couple of years, then went to America for a couple of years. By the time I got back, it was incomprehensible. I don't know where it's come from. It's, it's a nice little cocktail, as I like to call it.
0: And it works well. Uh, you seem to have cultivated your particular Internet presence uh, through the various things you've done over the years and are now using your forces, the, the powers that you have developed for, for good. Keep it up.
1: Well, that, that's debatable, to say the least. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I like to call myself chaotic good, really. Uh, that's that's my alignment I mean well but occasionally I'll blow something up
0: see I'm more sort of neutral greedy but that's a whole other conversation
1: <laughs>
0: probably for a different time so during the uh, your your nascent youth the formative years when do you remember first encountering video games
1: it was three and a half I believe. We had a BBC Micro in the house, Model B, 32 kilobytes of RAM. Very powerful, very fast, as you can imagine.
2: For
0: those of us elsewhere in the world, a BBC Micro is a computer or a gaming system?
1: Uh, It's a computer. I think, did you even get the Spectrum over there?
0: I can't Mm, remember. It probably had a different name. Uh, we I, had, like, I mean. the Sinclair ZX80s and that kind of thing made yes. their way over the yeah. pond. Sinclair
1: ZX81. Uh, it was called the Sinclair Spectrum over here, ZX81. Okay. ZX81 actually had 48 kilobit uh, kilobytes of RAM. The BBC Micro had 32, but then there was another iteration called the BBC Master with 128. Wow. It was badass. Uh, now, the reason it was called the BBC is because the broadcasting company, the BBC, actually ran a set of programs that was based entirely on on these computers they would sell these computers and then they would put the programs out as to how to use them and they'd actually teach people some basic programming skills indeed that was the language it ran on it ran on BBC model basic and these things they had uh, five and a quarter inch floppy drives you could also run things off tape they even had a little RAM chip which had a word processor called uh, like a star word on there which was not especially good but I recall having a large collection of tapes Many of which were not entirely legal in terms of, uh, you yeah, know, the, these were the days when copying really was not a non-issue. I'm saying that it was a non-issue then. It's kind of a non-issue now for a lot of people, but... Don't copy that th- floppy. Indeed. Wait, that was before that even happened. A three, three, was it three and a half or three and a quarter inch floppies? Five and a yeah, quarter inch floppies those,
0: were but the first you know, yeah. the thing after cassette
2: tapes.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. We had, we had the five and a quarters... And yeah, they, they were actually genuinely floppy discs. They did flop an awful lot. But yeah, I got my start on that. I played a lot of games. I think the first game I ever recall playing was uh, I think some kind of ripoff of uh, hmm, what the hell was its name? I believe it was. Oh God. It began with an X, whatever the case. It was it was that game where you you flew around and there were you had to pick up various bombs and you had this big Death Star style thing chasing you. Sinistar. Uh, yes, yes. The one with the that voice. Beware, I live. That one. Something like that, yes, but it didn't actually have that voice. No, that but, was uh, entirely just, too cool uh, for a game like that. Yeah, indeed. It uh, looks like uh, one of your video chat occupants, the fellow with the blonde hair, needs to mute his microphone. You can also mute oh, yeah. him
0: yourself by clicking on the yes. lower right-hand corner of his screen.
1: I have done so, but I just intended to humiliate him on the air if that was okay with you? Oh,
0: excellent. He's, he's sitting right next to Floppy Hat Girl, who was a regular attendee on our video walls. Hi, Copy. <laughs> we demanded that she send the Floppy Hat to us for us to take to our Penny Arcade Exposition uh, coverage, and she declined uh, gracefully, which is made us very sad. Indeed. Yeah, shameless oh, yeah, plug, we're that, going uh, to Penny Arcade Expo. You should listen in to all of our lovely coverage.
1: Yeah, hopefully going next year for that one. But yeah, that's it. it was the clone of Sinistar, and it was called Death Star. That was in the day when they would literally copy, wholesale a game, change the name a little bit, and put it out on a different system. So I played Death Star, and I found it terrifying. And I had a bunch of collections of games. Once I eventually got the floppy drive for it, we only started off with the tape drive, I was able to buy these collections called Play It Again, Sam, which also was blatant copyright infringement. And they had four games on, and I played all sorts of different things. Eventually started programming probably around the age of six, BBC basic stuff, and it was bad. I, I could not program worth a damn. I did a quiz game whereby the only way you could actually do it was to have my own unique brand of typos because I didn't put in any exceptions or wildcards. So you had to type in the exact thing that I did in order to get the answer right. It wasn't very good. But then again, it, I suppose that's sort of my modus operandi. It. It's like, if you don't think exactly like me, then you're not worth actually listening to anyway.
0: Well, I guess that ends the interview here then. Well, bye. Have a nice life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am psychotically incapable of thinking like you because you love thrash metal, and uh, that makes my ears bleed.
1: Ah, uh, you are getting on in years.
2: Hey, shut up, you young mump.
0: Don't make me come over that pond. Uh, I will stalk you again. Indeed. But I digress. So, you moved on from your 32K system. What uh, console did you stumble across first in your life?
1: It was, well, the actual console I first owned, and you're going to be like, what the hell? At This was actually a Sega Saturn. That was the first console I owned. I was a PC and Acorn Risk OS gamer for the longest time. We didn't have consoles. We had computers. Because computers had educational value. Technically. As opposed to consoles, which didn't. And uh, I would always go over to my neighbor's house to play on the Mega Drive, play Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Streets of Rage, and uh, Disney's Fantasia, as it happens, and the uh, Ma- Mickey's Magic Castle or whatever, which actually balls to the wall hard, if I recall correctly. I tried picking up uh, Streets of Rage again. Uh, that was a couple of years back now, but that was the last time I played it, and it's like, this is really hard. Yes. <laughs> this... They they did not design this to be friendly at all. They designed this to eat your quarters. Uh, but I still love Streets of Rage. One of the definitely one of the best brawlers ever made.
0: Yeah, when gamers wax nostalgic for the the good old days when games were hard, they're not always looking through rose tinted glasses. Sometimes they're really remembering like Ghosts and Goblins, freaking merciless game that was just there to eat your money.
1: Oh, man, yeah, no kidding. That was horrendous. Yeah. I never actually played that until very recently. I avoided that completely. I was not a Nintendo gamer, honestly. With the limited exposure I had to consoles before the Saturn, I played barely any SNES, any NES, uh, heck, any N64 or anything like that. I was pretty much all Sega all the time. Yeah, That's what I did with the Saturn, went on to the Dreamcast, big into Sega, and now Sega has deserted me. They are traitors, and no. I just like
0: them. They just look, took one look at Sony and the size of Sony's bankroll and said, okay, we're out of here.
1: Well, if they will insist on making dumb business decisions, let's yes. be honest, I mean, the Saturn was a disastrous launch. It was absolutely horrendous. They sealed their own fate with that, and they didn't really do a particularly good job with the marketing of the Dreamcast. Shame, because they were both great systems. You know, the Saturn was a pain in the ass to code for, but it could do 2D better than anything else, and the Dreamcast was an absolute delight. They had so many great games on that system. I yeah. still have mine. It still works if you're going to take it apart every now and again and screw one of the screws back in, because all of these things had a design fault with them in that generation, whereby after a while, the screw would come loose, and you couldn't boot the thing up anymore. Yep. But it still works, mostly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Even my TurboGrafx 16 had a better marketing campaign than the Saturn had.
1: Oh, dear. Yeah.
0: Well, there is that. But mine died a horrible death, too. But TurboGraphics <laughs> all the way, until I die.
1: Yeah. Indeed.
0: Now, this moves on beyond gaming. You entered into... A whole new thing It was very new at the time You became a shoutcast Disc jockey When did this intersect with your life?
1: Indeed, shoutcasting I'm trying to remember The exact date I think it was probably when I was about 15 Honestly, um, It appeared And it was It was crazy I mean, It was something brand new I actually heard about it On the radio Ironically enough. Interesting. I can't remember. It was one. I'm sure it was on the BBC radio stations. They were actually talking about this thing called Live 365, which had just gone into testing, and they were wanting people to go test it, and it was online radio. And I thought, well, I'll give this a bash and see how it goes. Problem is, at the time, I had a 33.6K modem. <laughs> so my upstream was about... I managed 16KBPS, I believe. So everything I was broadcasting sounded like it was in a tin... And then the tin was thrown into the sea. And then you stuck a microphone into the sea at some point. You don't really know where. You know, maybe somewhere it might be on the same coast, but you're not entirely certain. And then you were expected to be able to hear the radio from that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I can't hear what
2: you're saying. Indeed.
1: Wasn't all that great. I, I had about 50 MP3s by that point, I might add. The MP3s were also quite new at the time. I had the Acorn Wristless version of Napster, And I downloaded all sorts of things that were incorrectly named, including uh, so-called Metallica tracks that were blatantly not. And uh, (laughs) I I would play those and did start to, to do the whole live DJing thing. And we had an IRC channel at the time over a game that I used to play called Planetarian and there was a IRC channel called NetGamers that that was all based on. We had a little channel there, and I'd have maybe 10, 20 listeners when I'd do a show, and they would start suggesting different kinds of music to me. They'd send me MP3s, and it would take maybe about 30 minutes to get a song, but I'd get it eventually, and I started doing that, and I kept going, and eventually the DMCA creeped up on us from nowhere and hit Live 365 with massive fees. About three-quarters of the stations closed down overnight, I stopped broadcasting with them at that point, and then moved on to a slightly more illicit station based somewhere in Iceland. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. It was called Ice Realm Radio, and honestly, you know, around that time, they really weren't looking for stations that had like 50 listeners, so we were pretty much in the clear. We did that. We did that for a while, and... Eventually, I got to university and joined the student radio station called Demon FM and started doing real broadcasting there on the FM, which, were, you know, we covered about a 25 to 30-mile radius, which was it's not bad for uh, student radio in the UK. A lot of them have to stick to the AM bandwidth. We actually managed to get an FM license, so that was a pretty big deal. And I did a show at 1 to 3 o'clock in the morning called Extremities, which was a bunch of extreme metal, a lot of fun. And eventually after that... When when all that came to an end, uh, sort of at the end of university, I ended up on Wow Radio after I saw a recruitment message from Athalus saying we want DJs. So I ended up on there, did the DJing thing, and yeah, yeah. that sort of. Went That's on a from whole there. new well, talk nah, segment after that. Yes.
0: Now you brushed up against in that segment your enduring love for metal. You recently returned from. Uh, a bit of a uh, camping trip, as I recall. Uh, Bloodstock,
1: 2010? <laughs> uh, yes. yeah. yeah. Bloodstock Metal Festival. We had a number of cynical Brit guys there, including Kiki Jiki, who you might be aware of. Very Used much. to be the host of Epic back in the day. And we, we had a large group, so shout out to everybody who was there, especially the Icelandic dude who brought us some Brennavin. So he called it a fisherman's liquor that almost killed one of our... <laughs> Cohorts. It was very good. He also brought us some fish jerky, uh, a very very large piece of flat fish that tasted... It uh, had the consistency of cardboard, but he said it's, it's an Icelandic delicacy. Uh, and he also gave me a rune of protection against bears, which <laughs> is very handy. I have not been attacked by bears since I received this rune, so I assume that it does work.
0: It obviously proven. It's, it's a true fact. The Icelandic rune against bears, when used in the UK, is 100% effective.
1: It is, indeed, 100% effective.
0: So when you began your shoutcasting career on this little thing called World of Warcraft Radio, you began as a disc jockey again. You were simply hosting music shows initially?
1: Yeah, it was called Downtime Down Under, and I am trying to figure out exactly why I wanted to do six hours of music every Tuesday, but I did it anyway. I had the time and what I was offered, so I did that. I did. I actually did three shows. I, I split it up. There was kind of like an, a request thing. There was a sort of more casual DJ set, and then there was Iron Forged, which was metal, and that was two hours of metal. That was the most popular bit, as it should have been. Metal. metal. We love metal. Power. And and as it turns out, a couple of weeks after I started that. Atholus asked me, well, do you want to do a talk show? And I've never really done a talk show before. I've always done music shows with a little bit of talking. And he said, well, you should give it a try. We want to put you up against these guys called Out of Manner. They are on a station, our rival station called Radio ITG. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I sat down and thought, well, what can I do with this? I came up with three features. I came up with a two-hour show structure. And I went on the air with that and... So uh, that was how Blue Please was born in March 2005.
0: As When I first encountered you on the it was later that year, on a little episode called Yule Please, which is somewhat oh I- infamous.
1: Dear. Oh dear, Yule Please. I can't remember how much I drank on that show. <laughs> I was depressed. I needed money, and so I agreed to work Boxing Day, which is triple time. So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to work Boxing Day. That was a stupid thing to do. I should have just not done it at all. And as it turned out, that means I couldn't, I couldn't go home. I was in Leicester at the time. It just wasn't convenient to travel up. I was working Christmas Eve. Actually, did I work Christmas Eve? I don't think I worked Christmas Eve, but I did work the day before that. Mm-hmm. And then I then worked Boxing Day. So this was back in the horrible days of retail. And I'm glad to hopefully never go back there again. We've all done a bit of retail every now and again. Oh, Ten we're years. Fresh out of uni, <laughs> we've, not, we've got no experience. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of retail. I think it's, a bit of, it's character building, honestly. It will teach you just how stupid the world really is, and you'll forever be cynical. If you've ever done retail and you're not cynical, I applaud you for being some kind of mutant. Yeah. Because I'm sure that a normal person does not come out of retail thinking that the world is a wonderful place. So whatever the case did that and I did You'll Please and it was a drunken episode because I was annoyed that I didn't get to go home to my family for Christmas so I drank a large amount of vodka and did the show and that, that, that was that was a bad bad time in my life It was a dark time i I got several years of therapy and I think I'm over it now
0: <laughs> well it's entirely your fault that I'm doing this show right now because after listening to that episode I realized something is up here and became a listener yeah, it's like
1: this guy's terrible I could do way better <laughs> than him
0: I wasn't going to say that out loud, but okay, if you're going to go there. <laughs> now let's talk about me. No, that's not what the listeners are here for. They're here to hear about you and not necessarily your vodka addiction. But I'll just move right along there. I was going to offer up a suggestion as to why you took on you know, a six-hour show. is because you're British and you are coated in self-loathing. But you yes, taught me, you taught I, me I that.
1: made for disappointment. In fact, I actively seek it out.
0: And we're back to the uh, bombed-out uh, power plant now. See? Yes, that, that's
1: why I read YouTube comments. Oh, God, what's, like, what's wrong with you? You get, get disappointment streamed directly to you and automatically updated. It's wonderful.
0: <laughs> and that's I why mean, the internet Harry was Trumps.
1: built. Yes, that's exactly it. That, the internet is the by far the best and most technologically advanced thing the human race has ever come up with for broadcasting disappointment.
0: That's a recurring theme uh, during my interactions with you is if you cannot take criticism this is not the hobby for you and yeah. the internet serves it up uh, in spades
1: and they do yes uh, some of them don't really know what criticism actually means like total biscuit you gay is not criticism no. total biscuit you gay is a dumb insult that is probably on the level of poopy head in terms of effectiveness but uh, a lot of people don't seem to know what criticism is and a lot of producers seem to take actual constructive criticism very badly and don't really deal with it. I mean, I've been accused of it in the past and you know, I would say there's probably times when I haven't taken constructive criticism in the way that it was intended and all I can say for that is Total Biscuit is dumb from time to time. Give him a slap when you next see him. <laughs>
2: you know? We're
1: all human sadly. We all let our, our emotions get ahead of us every now and again and it's something everyone should try and not do but you know, it's just the way we're wired. Whatever the case, we've got people that view criticism and constructive criticism as an incredibly bad thing, and you've got legions of fanboys for pretty much anything that will actively try and shield a producer from that kind of thing, and what ends up happening is they stagnate. They think there's nothing wrong with anything they do, so they can never get better. And uh, You've got to be a really good critic of yourself to actually improve when you've got those fanboys saying there's nothing wrong, stop talking, stop talking. There's nothing wrong.
0: Well, one of the benefits of having the persistent archive of your efforts available on the internet to this day is when I go through and listen to it, you kind of see a a progression of increasing fearlessness in your presentation and topics you're willing to tackle and statements you're willing to make and stand by. Do you think that is an aspect of why you have become as popular as you have?
1: I certainly hope so. It's either that or it's why I haven't become as popular as I should have. Uh, that might be it as well when you think about it. Uh, you know, the show's been doing really well and has been doing really well for years. It It's pretty much been floating around sort of the third biggest WoW podcast. It was, There are times when, it I mean, the instance has always really been number one until very recently when Blue Please finally took that over and you've had shows like uh, two big popular shows, you've had World of Warcasts and you've had the WoW Insider show that have frequently beaten me in terms of listener numbers but I've stayed pretty much around the 3rd or 4th, and I don't know if I would have more listeners if I didn't constantly insult people. I'm thinking that might happen, but you never know. I've never actually seen any evidence of massive subscription drops or anything. I mean, Things I've said in my video comments have not come back to bite me in the ass. Things I've said on my podcast have not come back to bite me in the ass. There's been no metric evidence at all to demonstrate that this would cause any large number of people to unsubscribe my until about 20 minutes ago thanks to 4chan and well, <laughs> every has now been hit by this by the looks of it so it's nice not to be singled out you know it's nice that they went after fred instead of me i'm i'm too small time for them to bother with and there are times when i count my blessings in that regard but i've never seen my subs drop as a result of me saying something brutally honest and you know, I, i'll happily admit that at times i'm a complete dick you know, and that's That's just the way I am. And people can either deal with that or they can go elsewhere. There are other choices. They could freely go and check. Or they could stop reading my YouTube comments, which actually is advice for life. Don't read YouTube comments ever. Just watch the videos. There's no reason. It's a cesspit of terrible.
0: You will never find any more wretched hive of scum and villainy.
1: And villainy. No kidding.
0: Well, speaking as a longtime listener, uh the fearlessness and the willingness to say what's on your mind is what a lot of us are tuning in to here. So I would Maybe. I would postulate that if you stopped doing it and became soft and fluffy and kitten-like, um, then you would see a drop in subs because that's not what we're tuning Maybe. in for.
1: Maybe, yeah. Uh, I'll occasionally do that in interviews. It, it depends who I'm interviewing. I, I know actually one guy did c- complain when I did an interview of... Somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Big Red Kitty, actually. Yeah, I was doing my Big Red Kitty interview, and someone complained, him, oh, isn't the TB we know. I was like, what, you want me to insult him? I'm <laughs> not going to do that.
2: That's...
1: Why would I do that? That's just dumb. He's here because he knows more about hunters than me, not because he's going to be my punching bag. Besides, if I tried that on Big Red Kitty, I think he'd just claw my eyes out. <laughs>
0: it's entirely possible. All right, this yes. brings us up he's against scary, our first break of the show. Excellent. Mm. I
1: can go find something to drink.
0: Yes, I'll make sure to queue up uh, a drinking length worth of uh, Brew Guy music for you then. Good stuff. When we return, we will be dipping into the forums and the mailbag with questions from you. If you wish to have your question considered, please email it to theshow at alphageekradio.com. That's show at alphageekradio.com. You are listening to Alpha Geek interviews live on Versus the World Radio www.vtwproductions.com. If you're not in the IRC chat, you've missed all of the fun. Come to vtwproductions.com. Click on the chat button. If you have a camera, choose the video option. If you do not have a camera, choose the chat option. We want to talk to you and hear back from you as well. We'll, well be. He ba- does. I don't care. Oh, shut your mouth, you strange British person. <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
3: Wow place is huge You see I only got here a moment ago I'm only level nine or so I'm hoping you can help me figure out what's going on Lots of people running around Don't know if they're lost or found There's a naked guy dancing for all to see who would do that Not me Well it's time to sing a song And if you know it why don't you sing along? Here we go. I wander around the auction house and look at all the things I could be buying. I asked somebody for some gold. They said that they were broke. I think they're lying. I realize that I'm on the wrong continent, so I best get to we Tra- drink man Wait what I said what's in your drink man I don't know I drank it man it's in my stomach
0: Ah well what's in your ears then Versus the World Radio at vtwproduction.com Ah I love that place man Wait what And Alpha Geek <clears throat> interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio vtwproductions.com Our guest from across the Great Pond to the right is Total Biscuit of YouTube and CynicalBrit.com fame. Say hello to the Screaming Fans, Total Biscuit.
1: Hello to the Screaming Fans. Stay away from my lawn. Get off
2: my lawn.
0: We have questions from the great void that is the internet. Oh dear. From the forums in the community at the aforementioned versus the world productions where we have a wonderful and lively forum community first question to Total Biscuit actually before we do that one I'm going to ask you another question that is commonly asked I keep forgetting to ask you Total Biscuit where did the handle Total Biscuit come from
1: one time reference in a Discworld novel called Carpe Jugulum it was mentioned once and never again as so simple uh, as that.
0: Terry Pratchett for the win.
1: Yep, my old handle was Soul Cake, but I found it a little bit too common, so I took the lesser-known reference.
0: And those who frequent your YouTube channels see a different moniker there. What would that be? Total Halibuts. Where did the yes. Total Halibut come from?
1: Total Halibuts was the adaptation of Total Biscuit. There was a group in a game called Planetside. They were called the Halibuts. They were a perverted bunch of individuals uh, a very entertaining bunch of individuals as well what they would do is they would, they ran a clan whereby any player could come and join the clan with an alt as long as they had the word Halibut in their name and we all sort of created our Halibut names and I was total Halibut and we eventually left Planet Side because it was getting really bad and there wasn't any point in playing it anymore we went and played Counter-Strike for a while which I don't think any of us were really any good at And then when the wow beta rolled around, a lot of them started playing it. And they said, this is really great, you should play it. And I had no interest whatsoever. Not any interest (laughs) at all until four days before the launch of World of Warcraft. At which point I said, okay, okay, I'll play your stupid game. And I had a look at the classes that we'd all, because we'd all arranged this. It's like, we're going to the guild, we're going to have these races, this classes, we're all organized. And I looked at, well, what have we got the least of? The answer was Majors. so I picked a mage. What race have we got the least one? The answer was Trolls, so I picked a troll, and it sort of went from there, and I kept my halibut name and looked like an idiot because the rest of them didn't. <laughs> so I They like, abandoned great. you. Awesome, thanks, guys. You've, kept, you've just picked some other names, and I'm in here as Total freaking Halibut. Great, wonderful stuff. But it, it stuck, and I kept it for a long time. And the reason that my YouTube channel is called Total Halibut is because I created it for the purposes of hosting my first video, which was Chronicles the Gold Farmer. Uh, uh, when yes. I recorded that, I was called Total Halibut. And yeah, I think I also have Total Biscuit, the channel. I'm pretty sure I also registered that, but I can't remember the login details. And nah, it's a bit late for that anyway. Uh, oh, plus, it's... it's great to confuse people. How can you have a different name? I, I am totally shocked. Uh, well, I can think of a few reasons. <laughs> it's not like it's on my passport or anything.
0: Welcome to the Internet. Indeed. All right. First question from the versus the world forums from Ebion. A question for TV. With all the work you do producing the video, audio, and written content for cynicalbrit.com, where do you find the time for personal relaxation time, and what secondary hobbies or games do you partake in for Relaxation
1: wonderful thing about making videos and uploading them is that you can't really do much on your computer while you're doing that, so I press the encode button and then I go and do whatever the hell I wish for about an hour, depending obviously on how long the video was to begin with. I switch over to, well, I have my nice big monitor, which I could show you, I guess. Assuming my lens angle is big enough, it might not be. Uh, look, if you're not in the chat room, by the way, you're missing out. It's right. Head over to the chat button at the top of the screen on btwproductions.com. There is a video wall. Uh, this is going to be very paradoxical. You're got to see into the future, I, can, I think. Uh, there we I go. can
0: see forever.
1: I can't, uh, let's kind of, I can't get it back far enough. It's, it's kind of big. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm not touching that. Indeed, you are not. Only my wife gets to do that.
0: So, anyway, there we were, dada talking dada. on the radio. Yes.
1: It's here till Thursday. Try the bang. veal. Yeah, I'm on the ball. I tell you that. It's my it's my nice banner behind me, as you can see. You know, I've got my fan banner there. It's it's a big self-portrait that someone made me. It's kind of freaky, but whatever. Anyway, so I will switch over on this monitor. This, has got, this monitor's got about 37 different inputs. So I put the input through to... Uh, HDMI switch over to my PlayStation 3 play a little bit of that Uh, recently I've been playing a bit of Puzzle Quest because that that takes up no no space at all I can run Puzzle Quest just fine when I'm in coding so I'll play a bit of Puzzle Quest 2 play a bit of games play a bit of DS on you know just play on any of my consoles or whatever do a little bit of reading so yeah I get time in between videos and what I'll also do a lot of the time when I'm uploading say I've got a really big upload I'll just go to movies I watch tons of movies. I've got a card for my cinema that lets me have unlimited t- films for a set price every month. It's about five minutes down the road, so I just walk there, pick a film that just happens to be on at the time, just go watch it at random, and, i you know, a big moviegoer. I mean, I'll go, like, eight to ten times a month, and it's, it's great. Love it. Love movies. I've only found a few that I didn't like.
0: Most excellent. What's your most recent uh, discovery? Have you gotten a chance to see the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World?
1: yeah, not in this country we'll be at the end of the week but I'll be at I-40 for that so I won't have the chance but I'll see you next week I saw Salt which I went into with no expectations whatsoever blew me the hell away really? What a great movie
0: I never would freaking have expected awesome.
1: that awesome thriller I mean you know Angelina Jolie movies tend to be very good anyway this one was like yeah this is freaking great right? it's one of those movies where you know there's going to be plot twists but you do get blindsided by things uh, it wasn't predictable, which I love. And I'm a big fan of thrillers anyway. They're, they're so great. Uh, and it's my favorite genre, I think. And in this case, salt was just absolutely wonderful. So I would highly recommend that to anybody.
0: All right. So a, a resounding uh, approval for Angelina Jolie's uh, large and flapping lips. But I'm not going to touch that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Collagen, <laughs> collagen, collagen. Yes, it's a happy, happy thing. All right. So moving down the list here from Lyle Schnub. With Cataclysm and Star Wars The Old Republic following it in a few months, I've been thinking about subscribing to two MMOs at once, since I can't afford the $30 per month. However, I wonder if I would really be able to enjoy both, being as MMOs are rather demanding when it comes to time investment. Would Would it be better off just sticking to one or the other? What are your opinions regarding simultaneously subscribing to two MMOs? Also... Where is Tinkertown?
1: All right, well, Tinkertown is in the Exodar, and in terms of MMOs, I'm subscribed to three right now, and that is World of Warcraft, DDO, and EVE Online, all of which are very different. If I was to subscribe to only two MMOs, and I had to say I have to have WoW, but I've got to subscribe to another one as well, it would probably be DDO. Nice thing about DDO is that since almost everything is in a dungeon, you could do a dungeon finish the dungeon and feel like you've really got something out of your play session and you can finish that dungeon depends on the length of it between 10 minutes some might take up to an hour or whatever but since they're all kind of self-contained and they're quite challenging and rewarding and they're very immersive in terms of what you can do i think that i will i would get a lot out of that and i indeed do i go in there i'll do a dungeon every now and again and i'll come out with a nice piece of loot some experience and I'll feel like I've really not wasted my time I've got something out of it and I can just leave it there without any problems at all
0: most excellent so if you've got yeah, the I just time also point
1: out DDO is actually a free to play game there is a subscription option. and I do subscribe because it's just it's much better but you can try it for free and there is a referral link on my latest video uh, well the only DDO video I did an introduction to D&D online I would recommend that you have a look at that go sign up it's very cool
0: from Overlord Zinu. We have a deliberately flame-baiting question, but I'm going to read it out anyway because I understand <laughs> that there is uh, recent news and happy news. TB, what are your opinions on the American immigration system?
1: <laughs> you don't want those. I actually did an interview with a radio station in North Carolina about this. I, I'm i not going to go too far into it, but all I can say is that... Uh, a system whereby it is much easier for somebody to get over the border from Mexico illegally than it is for a citizen of the UK married to a United States citizen to come over legally needs to be changed.
0: Yes, I have, I have trouble with the system where the person standing at the airport at that moment has absolute authority to make whatever decision yes, they, they want, and that, that decision sticks to you Permanently.
1: You want to know the irony of it? And don't label me as a racist. Well, you can if you wish, but I would—I am not a racist. The guy who labeled it and stopped me from coming into the country was Mexican. Go figure.
0: With all of the Hispanic immigration debate going on in this country right now, the irony is palpable.
1: It is indeed. I have nothing against any race. I think they're all equally dumb, including my own.
0: Well, we are all human, after all.
1: Yes. And ergo, stupid.
0: <laughs> the, let's see, more questions also from Overlord Xenu. Based on your experience in commentating StarCraft Two, does one faction or another seem more powerful to you at this time, or are they pretty well balanced?
1: Terran, honestly. It, I don't think there's really any question of that. It's come up a lot in recent competitive stuff, and you know some of the discussion's been very civil and a lot of good things have come out of it and then you've got what i like to call the hydra way of discussing things whereby you just shout a lot about how terran's op and anyone that plays it is not a legitimate competitive player but in the case of balance yes terran are definitely favored right now they've got a lot of options early game as opposed to zerg and protoss that i mean protoss are quite limited in the number of different openings they've got Terran could do a lot of different things and when it comes to the Terran versus zerg matchup that's probably the worst in terms of balance right now in terms of strong to weak but i'm confident blizzard will fix it because they generally always fix it they're pretty good with their balance whether or not they'll get it as perfect as starcraft one well it took 11 years for them to get it to that point and honestly a lot of the balance that comes from that at the high-end competitive is because of weird engine issues and bizarre things that would have these decks be considered bugs but are actually considered to be part of the game in terms of brood war. So, yeah, that's the current situation and I see that swinging in another direction in the not too distant future.
0: There is a wonderful video compendium on YouTube of all the different patches of StarCraft and all the problems with them over the years. Just to remind people that this is a work in progress and StarCraft did not arrive in the marketplace anywhere near balanced and I think it's unrealistic for them to expect a completely balanced game at launch. It should certainly be better balanced than StarCraft 1 was at launch since it is, they're much better at and have all those years of experience but I did not expect yep. perfection and we didn't get it so that's a realistic thing. Yes. What uh, skills do successful players seem to have over less successful players in your, from your point of view?
1: Knowledge and speed more so than anything. There was a a nice little chart whereby people were trying to explain what being in various different leagues meant. Like, say, bronze, you know what some of the units do. Silver, you know what a build order is. Gold, you have a build order. Diamond, you know build orders for pretty much every situation have successfully executed them over the course of a number of things. Yeah, that was platinum, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And then diamond is probably where the largest variance and skill comes in because there are so many different levels of diamond but when it comes to knowledge it is about knowing what your guys can do what the opponent's guys can do and the timings of when you can do a particular thing now you're talking about what do i build when how do i make this the most efficient it can be and then at what point can i attack in such a way that the opponent's going to be weakest Now things called timing attacks are based on windows of time whereby you know that an opponent cannot have a certain kind of unit simply because of the build times it's like even if they did it perfectly in this time window they can't have that unit which means that if you attack at that time you can exploit that the other thing of course is speed it's about being able to both micromanage in terms of taking individual units and making them dance a merry jig and macromanage which is building your economy up in such a way that you can create a bigger and better war machine than your opponent So all of that has to be done at the same time, so a lot of speed and a lot of multitasking capabilities are required to get to that level.
0: So an in-depth knowledge of all of the game mechanics combined with a ridiculous number of actions per minute would be a successful player?
1: Yeah, I would say so, honestly. I don't think APM's quite as important as it was in Brood War, honestly, but it's definitely still there, unquestionably, and it's very easy to track and look at. Well, this is a Silver League player, his APM is definitely a lot lower than this Diamond League guy, and you know, that's just numbers, you can't argue with that. Indeed.
0: Okay, from Sakulian or Sesulian, never did figure out how to pronounce that name. Here's a couple quick questions non gaming related for T V. Number one, out of all the bands you've seen live, who has been your most and least favorite?
1: Mm, well, I, I think that up until a couple of weeks ago, the most favourite I've ever seen live would be Iron Maiden. But I think Opeth have now taken that because they played the best set I've ever seen at Bloodstock this year. It was absolutely perfect in every way. Actually, that's not true. There was one thing that it did miss, which was a song called The Baying of the Hounds. That was missing, but the set list otherwise was absolutely amazing. It was pitch perfect. The singer was hilarious in terms of his stage banter, as well as his talent and the composite ability of this band to just played perfectly is unbelievable everyone was glued to it uh, the least favourite band I've ever seen live was supporting Iron Maiden and they're called Funeral for a Friend I would like to know exactly why they were supporting Iron Maiden I can't think of any logical reason I'm sure it was some kind of giant troll by Bruce Dickinson who thought how can we get the crowd really riled up there <laughs> we go we'll put a bloody screamo band on before them oh they was so bad I'll give them kudos for having the balls to come out in front of 15,000 Iron Maiden fans and play that crap and not get killed. <laughs> I will give them that. All I could say is if it was a Slayer gig, they probably wouldn't have been so lucky.
0: And TB, uh, where is Tinkertown?
1: Uh, that would be in Dal Narcissus.
0: Very good. And we have another question here from the Great Void of the Forums. Question to TB from Onin. How does one make a radio voice? It's easy to learn an accent, but to create an entirely new one that brings out the best of your voice sounds very complicated. So how did your famous voice of the cynical Brit come to pass?
1: There's no science to it. There probably is, but I don't know what the science is. It was just like, hey, this is my normal accent. I'm aiming it across the room. So I'm aiming at the far wall, and I'm projecting it. So how do I do it? Well, when I put a certain amount of power behind my voice... This kind of style of speech just seems to come out. And that sort of refined itself over a number of years and ended up in the accent that I use now. And some people might call it fake, but... I don't think it really is. Uh, In any kind of presentation, whether it be in real life or on the internet, I'll use this voice, and it has always worked very, very well. It's confident, and I think that does impress people. It doesn't have any ums, ahs, or nonsense like that in it, so... That tends to engage people as well. Some people don't like it, but at the end of the day, when is there a voice that everybody likes other than, say, Brian Blessed?
0: Mm, I I would put Stephen Fry in that uh, category as well.
1: Okay, yeah, we can give him that. Brian Blessed and Stephen Fry, two very different sides of the same coin. Very much so.
0: And for those of you who are trying to get into internet radio or podcasting, uh, go to the old wcradio.com website. Site we have a page up there that links through to the all the old archives from the old network, and you can go back and listen to TB when he was first starting out and see that it is definitely something that develops with trial, error, and repetition. So do not be discouraged if you do if you do not hit your radio voice the very first time you press record. Keep trying, and you'll get better at it and less self conscious about it.
1: Take the total biscuit approach to bringing down a brick wall. Keep hitting your head up against it for about six years, and it might just get bored of you and leave.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. I'm not British enough to understand, but it works. Our next victim on... Of course, my screen has just gone blank. Here we go. From Canthon. There's a bear in my backyard that potentially shoots lasers. What should I do?
1: Well, since you don't have the rune against bears from the Icelandic guy, you're screwed.
0: Now, this is a veiled, not really veiled at all, reference to a particular advertisement you created during the WoW Radio years.
1: Yes. Which took
0: on a life of its own.
1: It did, didn't it? Yeah. That was was an interesting approach to advertising. Uh, It asked the immortal question, Do you like bears? Do you like bears with lasers? Do you like bears with lasers that explode and shoot lightning from their hands? Can you think of one other game that provides this and many more things besides? Didn't think so. And you know what? I think I sold more s- copies of Savage 2 with that <laughs> ad than they've ever sold on anything else in terms of their marketing campaign. They were very happy with that. Uh, it, it, worked, it worked fairly well.
0: It was an advertising campaign that spawned its own t-shirt
1: and hat. I'll just leave it at that. It did. It did, in fact, yes.
0: On to his real question: You constantly rave over how good the raids were back in vanilla WoW. Besides MC and Anixia, what do you think of the? Do you think that the raids hold up to today's standards, aka Uldwar? If so, what raid would you like to see brought back for Cataclysm?
1: Okay, let's just start by saying that bringing back raids is a terrible idea because they brought back one of the best raid instances of all time and made it one of the worst raid instances of all time. So I don't trust them to touch that content again. They need to leave it the hell alone, back where it was, and just enshrine it in history as a museum piece. That what? is all that is required. Next no, uh, 10 it,
0: is, is epic. It's incredible. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> don't do that. <laughs>
0: I couldn't resist. So,
1: yes, I know. I know. Well... Things like Bla- Blackwing Lair had a lot of very inventive boss mechanics and it was rock hard at the time. AQ 40. I, you want to talk about Epic? That was freaking epic. It took about half an hour to walk from one side of the instance to the other. Don't tell me that wasn't Epic. That thing was freaking enormous. It has its own zone in Capitalism. We can actually see it. You can't fly into it. But that big area right there, that is Anchorage. It is freaking huge. Hey. It- it is a massive, massive undertaking. They've never made anything that large. I mean, war comes close, but it's not as big as AQ40. AQ40 is absolutely enormous. And in terms of rating, they, they did a great job. I mean, War's awesome. No one is going to dispute that War is a great instance. I would even say ICC in places is very good, but not as good as that. A lot of TBC content was very strong. I mean, Serpent Shrine, Tempest Keep... Black Temple, I wouldn't say Hygel was all that great, but Sunwell, yeah, really good. And Karazhan, still one of the best designed instances they've ever put together. So much variety, really, really cool. Great theme to it all as well. I mean, I don't think I want any of those ever brought back, but what Blizzard sort of needs to realise is that, and they have realised this, they're not dumb, they've realised this is the way to do it, is that massive, huge-ass instances don't really... They don't work anymore, honestly. TBC had it right. They had multiple instances per tier. And each tier you went onto had at least, at least two instances. And on tier four, you had Magtheridon's Lair, Grohl's Lair, Karazhan. And then arguably, sort of on tier 4.5-ish, you had Zul'aman. Tier five, you had Tempest Keep. And you then, of course, had SSC. And then on tier six, you had your Sunwell you had your Black Temple and you had your Hyjal and that variety is what kept people raiding because they didn't have to go to the same dungeon every single raid and that's what burns you out you get sick of seeing the same bosses you get sick of seeing the same dungeons and you don't have a choice like well where are we going to go well we're supposed to go back to Naxxramas why do we want to do that we're in there for 8 months and by the point at the end of that we want to jump off a damn bridge so why do we want to go back there there were no options in Wrath that's why Wrath raiding was so bad It doesn't matter how good an instance Old War is, and it is a good instance, you don't want to see it again after going in there for four or five months and doing nothing else.
0: And there was nothing else available at that tier at that time.
1: They really lost their way. Absolutely nothing to do at all. And they then brought out Crusader's Colosseum, which is universally reviled as a bad instance. It's lazy in terms of the way that they designed it. It's some plywood Colosseum with a little bit of lore, and the fun's fighting in the same room for an hour that's just stupid right, that's that's actually the whole problem with wrath raiding encapsulated in one tiny little space like right, we are sick of seeing the same things week in week out so we'll give you a dungeon where all you see is the same thing there's not even any variety in that you know, the fork falls out and then you got a bit of ice what do do there
0: was a recycled room graphic from the five man version
1: yeah it was which was were- it was bad. That no. Crusaders Coliseum is the worst thing that Blizzard has ever done in terms of raiding. Oh, that
0: um, pissed me off because yeah. they had their big secret, unannounced raid instance that they were going to release during Wrath of Lich King. And we're all thinking, "Ooh, we're going to go to Uldum or or somewhere you know where they had closed off yeah, an or instance. Maybe
1: there'll be some like, big Nerubian thing." Or and whatever, instead, and we, what we got get?
0: Crusaders freaking Coliseum.
1: Mm. Yay. Not good.
0: As far as you know, it being a gear farming instance, okay, great. But as far as being entertaining, uh, not so much.
1: Bad instance. Bad. Very bad.
0: All right. This brings us nicely up against our next break for frosty beverage and resting of voices. You are listening Mate. to Alpha Geek Interviews live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Check us out on the web. Join the forums. Join the community. Join the conversation. If you want to send TB some questions for this next segment, send them to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. We've got a little Fatty queued up for you here. Warning, adult lyrics, but it's Fatty. What do you expect? It's awesome. We shall be back right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality or their high-availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you'd like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW.
1: This song contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Casual. And I'm a hardcore. And if there's one thing that we can agree on, it's to listen to Versus the World Radio. VTWProductions.com And now, I'm gonna kill you! No, oh, I'm gonna kill you! Ah! Ah! Alpha Geek Interviews continues live on Versus the World Radio with our special guest from across the Atlantic, Total Biscuit. Total Biscuit, where is Tinkertown?
1: That will be in Shattrath.
0: You are a fount of unerringly correct and up to date knowledge you are that's got to be you know awesome. fresh beta information did i say it right did i get it yeah. right be-
1: beta. beta 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 there are about five different ways to pronounce that and all of which are correct i might add but people will insist on pointing out you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> <or> no
0: really <laughs> yeah
1: one of the recent ones, actually, was the spelling of levelling, which if they'd googled it, they would find that you could spell it with one L or two. It doesn't make a blimey difference, but people will be petted. So like, I must one-up this person by pointing out something which actually makes me look like an idiot because I don't understand the English language.
0: Mm-hmm. Despite being from England.
1: Yes. Now, apparently, I don't speak with a British accent, which is interesting because I wasn't aware there was a British accent. There are about 500 British accents. But people, whatever. People New love
0: ones. to generalize.
1: That they do. You're one
0: of those uh, self-loathing British types.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, you know, according to America, Britain's only about six miles wide. We've got like four cars from the 1920s, and most of them are pedaled. Yeah. We oh. don't really have the internet. Aren't they all We like, send all of our packets via pigeon.
0: are they all like diesel-powered citrons or something?
1: Something like that. Yeah.
0: All right, let's hit the mailbag. And I will be merciful, and I will not play the, uh... Mail time. mail time.
1: Mail time.
0: Sing it with me, you all know the words. Here's the mail, it <laughs> never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Ah, 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 ah.
1: Now yes, they bleed.
0: Yes, they do. They they shed tears of woe and they feed me. From the email box, from Genesis, from Cataclysm. Which would you consider your favorite zone so far, and why?
1: Oldham. Uldum.
2: Uldum, which they finally delivered.
1: No in Uldum whatsoever, it is single-handedly and indeed hands down. Which doesn't make any sense when you put it in the same sentence, but I'm gonna forget that I just said it. The best zone they have ever designed in terms of architecture. I love Egyptian stuff and the whole thing is like, it's the only zone in recent memory that's made me want to actually explore it and find out what's going on there, because it's like the, okay, the Titans are cool, we all get the Titans are cool, and Egypt's cool, so it's like, what if we take Egypt and the Titans, and we put them in the same thing? Or I, I tell you what, actually, I found out something, you're going to find this out, so, I'll tell people this right now, I have a secret level 83 character and he goes by now Total Hobnob and he is sitting in Deepholm right now. And he went to do the Stonecore earlier. So I did a bit. I've done a big tour. I've got all this recording on my computer. I'm aiming to get this all done before I go to bed tonight. This could be quite hardcore. We'll see how it goes. And I found the swirly thing that was in my Oldham video, what I thought might be the Maelstrom. It is not the Maelstrom. Ah, uh-uh. it is something else entirely. And there is actually, it is a piece of Titan technology. And it is in Deep Home as well, and the Twilight are trying to make use of it. I don't want to reveal any more because I'll keep the surprise, but it is not the Maelstrom, and it's also not a spa. We found out it's not any kind of hot tub.
0: Aw. Not, not a hot tub oh, or, yeah, or a time machine? Was
1: kind of dis- yeah, it's kind of disappointing, really, honestly.
0: I could do with a rinse. Yeah. Now, speaking of the uh, Maelstrom, uh, have you encountered the fabled Epicus Maximus?
1: No, because the Maelstrom's actually broken right now. Uh, it, you can't get to it. The only way into Deepholm is to be summoned there. So I got summoned and I set my hearthstone there so I can go back whenever I like. Good plan. But the, the whole Maelstrom quest now is completely broken. So I've not seen Epicus Maximus. I will get video of him when I get the opportunity to do so.
0: Now, for those of you who are listening who don't know what the hell we're talking about, TB, describe the genesis of Epicus Maximus.
1: Epicus Maximus, to my knowledge, is a shark with rocket boosters and on top of said shark there is a raptor and there is also something else on top of the raptor that I can't recall but an whatever the case an undead it, it,
0: doing the undead dance and there's also a laser involved with, a guitar, with a guitar I believe
1: yes actually uh, yes if you google Epicus Maximus you will find that there is a wow wiki article it's also known as the paragon of epicosity and it's found circling the maelstrom in front of Thrall and Stormcaller Mailra and yes it does it is a shark with a freaking laser beam It is quite impressive, that's all I can say. And it is actually, apparently, mounted by a level 85 elite forsaken called Rock On with an (laughs) Arcanized Ripper. Yes, he he rides around and he plays it. And yes, there is a uh, dinosaur on top. It's a level 60 rare elite saw on top of the Epicus Maximus, which is a level 90 elite flying shark equipped with two rockets and a laser beam.
0: People were complaining that the maelstrom didn't look quote epic enough end quote and this was what the developers yeah. countered with.
1: Never ever ever call the devs bluff. Do not seriously.
0: Do not taunt Happy Funball. No. Also from the email box from who is this from from Fairy? Okay. Hey guys, first a small compliment. VTW is doing great work. Thank you, and so is Total Biscuit. Here is my question. TB, if you weren't invited to the beta slash alpha, what would you have been doing instead? Peace!
1: I love I know. Blame <laughs> Tam- um, PS3 or something, I guess. Uh, I think what. This, this actually is a nice opportunity to address a few things. A lot of people have said, well, oh, it's not really random because how come these famous people get in? There are two kinds of beta invites there are your normal everyday isn't it, right? Invites that are random, and there are invites that are acquired by people who have connections. And this is the case across the board in any game. Now, journalists get access. Journalists, indeed, apparently, got access to the beta before everybody else did. So I've been told I actually did complain about that. Even though I was in the alpha at the time, I was not allowed to say that I was in the alpha. So I complained about it. But as it happens, yes, fansite people do get in there, and I've been in every beta and I've gone into every beta very early, and I don't think that's actually going to change. When you do podcasts for like five or six years, you do make the connections necessary to get into the beta. So I don't really consider any other scenario, really. I didn't think it would get as crazy big as it has. That's beyond my wildest expectations, but I always knew I was going to go into the beta, and I always knew I was going to do videos of it. And hell, if I was going to risk the Wrath of Blizzard, I'd have done alpha videos, but eh -eh, not a good idea.
0: (laughs) Well, that touches nicely on you know, how things have matured and changed since the the days when earlier this year when we decided to shutter uh, WoW Radio, and you founded CynicalBrit.com yep. and expanded into a video direction where you had not really been spending a lot of time except for one-off projects previously, yep. and you created a little creature called ShoutCraft. Yes. Yes which consists of you doing what?
1: That would be uh, casting of StarCraft II.
0: And during the beta of StarCraft II, you you got your feet wet uh, at that for the first time. Yep. Uh, you did some co-casting with uh, a friend of ours from Versus the World Radio. The Emperor, yeah. The Emperor, yeah. who's been doing that kind of casting for time immem- immemorial. Right
1: along, yeah. indeed.
0: You've worked out the uh, technology such that you can live cast your commentary with matches as they happen. Isn't the internet grand?
1: It is. Yes, it is. Wonderful thing we have here.
0: And then, with all of that video editing and uh, casting in place, you found yourself in the open beta, where you were allowed to talk about Cataclysm. Yes, yes. And you thought, well, I'll just do... Something like, I suck at StarCraft 2, but I'll do videos of Cataclysm instead, and I'll just kind of throw them up on yep. my video channel and see what happens. Well, what happened? And low we return, we'll just uh, edit that out in post, you know. For the listener, no time will have passed.
1: Indeed. None of this is actually happening. Yeah, so that's what happened, as it happens. Yeah, uh, it broke the internet.
0: Sorry. Entirely. I didn't mean okay. to.
1: Yeah. So, I did some Cataclysm videos. I was planning to do it in Alpha. And I kept it... What I, You know, if I, if I wasn't a dumbass, what I would have done is recorded a bunch of footage in alpha and then released it when the beta came out. But honestly, I'm glad I didn't, because the alpha was a freaking mess. And honestly, you know, a lot of incomplete stuff. Hell, even when I did my first Ogrimmar video, they had a bunch of things floating in the air for no reason. It was a absolute joke. So... I did those videos, and... I did the Ogrimmar one, and it was you know it was okay in terms of popularity. But things really took off when I did the Wargan Starting Zone. The wargan Starting Zone video before it even got featured on MMO Champion was the most watched beta video, and now it's sitting on eight hundred and fifty thousand views. Then I did the Goblin Starting Zone, which ended up being forty minutes long. That was a that was a lengthy one, which I actually had to take down because I had ten seconds of deep purple in it. Whoops. Whoopsie. So, yep, that got reuploaded and then got another 100,000 views after that, I might add. So that's not too bad. And then it was like, okay, this is getting kind of serious now. There's a lot of people coming to the website as a result of this, so I better keep doing it. And, and it came at an I- ideal time, actually, because I'd just recently been made redundant. Uh, the company I worked for had had to drop a few people, and I was one of them. So the beta came out just at the right time. I started doing these videos because I had the time to do so while looking for another job, and then over the course of the month, I rapidly realized, looking at my ad revenue from my site, that I actually didn't need another job. That the site revenue was good enough to justify doing this full-time, and that I could earn as much, if not more, than I, you know, go into an office 9-to-5 than I now can, doing videos of video games and talking absolute bollocks about them from 9-to-5, so...
0: Or as the yep. rest of us like to call it, living the dream.
1: Yes. Yep. So that's where I am right now. Sitting on, before the whole crazy 4chan thing, 83,000 subscribers. I expect that will probably be back by the morning when YouTube gets it fixed. And continue to go to rate about 1,000 a day. Um, my views right now range between 300,000 and half a million per day. And, yeah, biggest beta channel on YouTube by a very significant margin. Really happy about that, obviously. Who the hell wouldn't be? Yeah. So... Hoping to continue that all the way through to launch, and then I've got a bunch of other things planned.
0: Which segues uh, nicely into uh, the next question from the forums. And actually, um, and also the vi- during the creation of the videos, you learned a very vital piece of information, which is where is Tankertown?
1: Well, Tankertown is actually based now just to the south of Ogrimmar. It's actually in Durator.
0: I knew it. So, from the forums from Zion. Although you've already stated that you wouldn't be without content to work on after the Cataclysm beta, can you give any insight into what sort of content we could be seeing after the beta has closed?
1: Yes. Now, in terms of WoW content, the WoW content was aimed at... Well, I've got a couple of ideas. So, I, You know, I'm a raider. Yeah, that That's really my thing. So any content that I was wanting to put out would be raid-related. So when it came to raiding... I was thinking I'm going to do a guide series and that guide series is not going to be your normal guide series plenty of people do raid guides they do them very well Tank Spot is one of them NCDO is another in this case I'm going to do something called the Rage Leader which is going to be a little bit satirical but it's still going to be a way to learn you kind of you know you remember that series You Suck at Photoshop yes it's kind of like that only a lot louder so there'll probably be a storyline along with it each of the guides will be it'll give you the information you need but it'll give it to you in a very hopefully humorous and a little bit satirical manner and it will be loud, it will be shouty and I might get very angry at you for standing in the fire so that's definitely going to be one of the things that I do, I'm going to do that for every boss that I'm able to do it for and I'm most likely going to be doing a daily sort of diary roundup show which will consist of questing tips, tricks, exploits, and current issues as well, in terms of what's going on right now, are there any problems with the beta, doing a little bit of debate, and when I say exploits, I don't mean actual exploits, I mean things that can speed things up for you, totally legit, don't worry about it. And that's probably going to be a daily thing. What I'm planning on doing, is I'm most likely going to level two characters. I'm going to level my main, and I am going to level another character, which is going to get into raiding quickly. That's going to be power leveled. And I'm just going to blitz through that. And my main is going to be leveling very slowly from 80 to 85 so I can do all of the questing content. It might be that I start doing the Vashir and Hyjal stuff before the beta ends, but I don't know. I mean, my idea is to actually do the questing and document the questing on a daily basis when Cataclysm is actually launched. kind of the same sort of style as I'm doing right now with the Wargon and the Goblin. And we'll see how that goes. Well, yeah, so Rage Leader and this whole Daily Roundup thing and my two WoW projects. And when it comes to StarCraft 2, ShoutCraft and the two ShoutCraft shows, which are ShoutCraft Europe and ShoutCraft US, will be coming back very soon, hopefully within a month. And they're going to be live shows. They're going to be broadcast at a higher bit rate than they were before. And all of those matches are now going to be taken from that and actually put on YouTube. So anyone that misses them can watch them. So I'm hoping to have maybe about 30 match videos a week on YouTube. And I took at StarCraft 2 continue. And I'm going to have all a whole bunch of other stuff for different games. Just little bits of variety, some collaboration with the guys of the Game Station. It's actually something I'm part of now. Really big project, big collaboration stuff. We're still in beta. We haven't actually launched yet. And what we're doing is we've got a bunch of really talented guys. and We're going to be doing a lot of collab work on our actual channel. People have, maybe have looked at it. It's youtube.com slash the Game Station. And if you go and have a look at it now, there's not a lot on there. There's a big list of the guys that we've got. uh, But what we do have is a bunch of, you know, little videos like countdowns and announcement videos. Now, that's not all we're doing by any stretch of the imagination. What we're actually doing is we're going to have a bunch of collaboration videos and special videos on there. I mean, if you want StarCraft and stuff like that, you can subscribe to me, Husky, HD, Artosis, Psy... You can get all of your videos that way, but if you want, say, a collab maybe between, you know, I'm not saying this will happen, but it's likely me and Husky, then you'll go to the Game Station channel. It'll be a special presentation. You want special interviews. You want special collaborative projects and things like that. I've actually got something. I'll, I'll happily announce this right now. This is a first-time thing. No one's heard about this before. This is going to be part of the Game Station's programming, and I'm calling it This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. It's a spin-off of what I put on my show, which is Gaming the System, which it happens, well, it's got sort of incidental now. It doesn't happen all that often because we meet Swag is... Uh, I would say Swag is pregnant, but that's not true, of course. His <laughs> wife is pregnant, and he's going to be having his first Sprog very soon, so he's very busy, so we don't get a lot of time to really do the show. But I'm going to take the concept of... This is why we can't have nice things. I'm going to turn it into a video presentation which is going to be a big retrospective on games that were critically acclaimed but didn't do re- very well at retail. So things like my first one, it's going to be a big video retrospective on Sacrifice. And it's going to be done with the well, one of the guys from the game station, specifically one of the girls from the game station. he She goes by the name of Dodger and she's part of the channel Press Hard to Continue. She's been playing Sacrifice. She's big into it. So we're going to do this collab on Sacrifice, and it's going to be a big retrospective, and it's going to be on there, and what I'm going to be doing as well, I'm going to be going to all the other guys, like, uh, what I'll probably find is an obscure old RTS, and I'm going to go to Husky, and I'm going to say, hey, Husky, play this game, so we can do a big retrospective on it, and I was thinking something like Metal Fatigue, or Battle Realms, two games that were amazing at the time, but didn't sell very well. So, that's just one thing we can do on the game station. That's why it's so freaking exciting, because we've got all this massive resources you know loads of people and loads of ideas and loads of talent and equipment we can do anything we freaking want so if you want to see this really unique gaming content then the game station is going to be the place to go and if you want to see our gaming content game station is actually a really handy way to subscribe to all of us at once you just click the subscribe button there you go all sorted out and you know it's an easy way to find content and be part of our community
0: common feeds are a wonderful wonderful thing that the internet can bring you oh yes I'm looking forward to uh, This Is Why We
1: Can't Have Nice Things. That was one of my favorite segments in
0: TV's show about video games, which then became Gaming oh, yes. the System.
1: Yep. Yeah, the old school version of it. Yep. Yeah, I, I really love old games that didn't get the respect they deserved. I really, At least not really didn't like them. Yeah, exactly. You know, Maybe they'll be critically acclaimed, but they didn't get the respect they deserved. And I think they really deserve a second shot and a big retrospective and show people just, just why these were freaking great you know?
0: well, a lot of them do enjoy a second life through sites like Good Old Games.
1: Um, yes, yes, they do. So, Sacrifice, one of those games, in fact. Yep.
0: If I had you know any time at all in my life, I would go you know download them and play them. But I'm lucky to be. Uh, a I, time I, to I do you i got you.
1: copy of Demon Souls. Uh,
0: yes, it's sitting right here behind me in its case. Um, You've
1: never played it yet. It
0: actually made its way into the PS3 at one point, and I watched the intro video, and then the baby cried, and that was the end yeah, of thank that.
1: You. Oh, that does happen. At some point, you will get around to being brutalized by that game.
0: Yes, I've been I've been warned to um you know wear like a, a cast iron <laughs> codpiece before playing that game and and pray to whatever god you wish to before inserting the disc because damn.
1: At which point it'll turn around and say, "Where is your god, god now? now?" Yes, over and over again. <laughs> oh yes, as it
0: dances Good. upon your soul,
1: it will. All right, we have a
0: few minutes left in this segment. Here we have some more questions from. The void that is the forums. From another Zion, this one's spelled with a Z instead of an X. My question. I, oh, yeah, so there's Zions everywhere. They're coming out of the woodwork. Below the wainscoting See, I just wanted to say wainscotting. See what I did there? <laughs> I see in almost every single video of you someone saying he or she loves your videos. Aren't you getting in, tired of all these in-game whispers?
1: I don't think you can ever get tired of people saying I love your videos. <laughs> I mean... You know, I'm a bit of a douchebag, but I'd have to be some kind of inhuman douchebag not to appreciate that kind of fandom. You know? There's, there are times when it can get irritating, per se, but you never actually turn around and say that to a fan. It's like, I love your videos, and then you say, Cough Yeah? Know? You don't say that. That's, that's just horrible. Uh, I'm not that mean, and you know, people do say it's a character, and some of it is a character. You know? But I, w- I would never, ever say that. It's so great that people actually watch my stuff and will take the time to say, I really like your videos. Uh, that's the biggest compliment you can get. And yeah, sure, you know, video, uh, these things popping up. But it's not that hard to reply and say thank you. you know? Common courtesy is sadly not so common these days, but it's so very easy to do, and I wish more people would.
0: Yeah, they don't always engage the uh, courtesy gene and... Sometimes there's an unrealistic expectation of you will now dance for me and entertain me because I have sent you a tell.
1: Yeah, that's uh, there. There it comes. Times I get a lot of PMs so like, "Can you help me out with this?" And people are asking for like full tutorials. And I, I don't have that kind of time, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm busy I making
0: can't. the big tutorial for everyone.
1: Yeah, this is why I put one up on uh, my channel page. It's like, this is how I make my videos. Please don't ask me any questions regarding my videos because all of the information I wrote there about... Well, I actually did that during the StarCraft phase because people ask, how do you do your videos? So I'll put it there. It's like, okay, I just point you there. You go there now. Uh, that, that's where all my stuff is, so... No, on, yeah. our,
0: on our public forums, we have a section on internet radio and podcasting how-tos, which is directly descended from the board we had over at While wow Radio that you yep. had, had created and encouraged. I set it up, yeah. And yep, said, I also
1: I made something called uh, how, uh podcasting 101 yep. which is probably out of date now but it's still relevant to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's hanging around I think in one of the old WoW Radio archives or on Cynical Brit I can't remember where I'm sure I can dig it out.
0: It's there. I think we link to it yep. from our from our current forum because it's still we go. still maintain the server because we want those archives to be available for people. Indeed. Yeah. For exactly that reason. Of course. All right, we have question here from Palamania. Do you have I'm sorry, that's the wrong section entirely. How does it feel after experiencing such a rush of of success being interviewed by a former, now she writes, college? I'm assuming she means colleague.
1: Yes, being interviewed by my former college would be kind of odd, really. Although, it's odd that you should say that, because I ran into one of my, it wasn't one of my lecturers, but one of the lecturers from my old university... Was at the Tech Forum 2000 and whatever it was mm-hmm. when I was over there, uh, and he was on the panel with me on the video games violence discussion. He was the uh, reason
0: that I was in the UK when we originally recruited you. We were there visiting your uni when we stopped yep, you. You were
1: in Leicester. I had a drink with you. Yep, uh, I actually had several drinks with come The thing of it, yeah,
0: so they were quite uh, good. So,
1: yeah. Yes, they were. Uh, you enjoyed the wonders of Weatherspoons and the fact that you don't pay three euros for drinks here. Yes, it's very a very nice thing. Yep, that was good stuff. But, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's cool. I like doing stuff with VTW. VTW are absolutely great. So, yeah, any opportunity I have to work with VTW is awesome.
0: Bring it on. I'm having a great time, and it is, in fact, all about me.
1: Of course. Absolutely.
0: All right, we're time for one more in this segment here from Zach Woodcock. Not going to touch that one. I wouldn't. Do you own... <laughs> not going dun, there. Dun, 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 dun. He's actually, here till... I have a
1: symbol around here. Yes, There's you it's all did. There. I heard you yeah. when you
0: were setting up the shop there. It was, it was a hi-hat. Yeah, okay. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll have to throw something at it. It's out of range. There hey, we go. look at that. He's here it's till Thursday. Not a bad shot. Oh, yeah. Tip
0: your weight, Staff, Try the veal. Okay, do you own any consoles? If so, which ones and why? If not,
1: why? All next generation consoles are in my possession. I own a 360, a PlayStation 3 a Wii, a ESP and a DS. I also own a Sega Saturn and a Dreamcast and an Atari 2600.
0: Uh, nostalgia.
1: Yep, indeed. It sucked. It Atari 2600 is bad. <laughs> the only thing <laughs> worth playing on that is, well, the Jedi training game, that's pretty cool, <laughs> and uh, uh, Xeno, Xenophobe. That was, that was badass with its ice cream gun. That's what, it wasn't really an ice cream gun. It was actually a flamethrower, but it looked like ice cream because you couldn't get the right color for it.
0: Yars Revenge.
1: Uh, oh, yes, indeed. Um, I, I like consoles. I really do. I, I'm what I call platform neutral, and other people on my forum call it omni-gaming, which is you play the game on the platform it's on and you don't discriminate. Fanboyism is something that I was guilty of when I was younger because I could only afford a Sega machine. I couldn't afford a PlayStation 2, so I hated the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2, so I couldn't afford it. So now, over the last few years, I managed to acquire all the consoles, and, well, it's nice to have the flexibility. All consoles are good for a lot of different things, you know. There are some games on the Wii that are really awesome, although, sadly, they're becoming few and far between now because people didn't buy them. Uh, Hell, I could do an entire series on games that didn't sell well on the Wii. Uh, which is really upsetting but there are still some great things I actually recently played Red Steel 2 which is one of the best console FPS I've ever played in my life you know, sword fighting and gunplay with a one-to-one tracking system it's great and the graphic style is awesome although I'm not so keen on the bleeding sand that's a little bit weird <laughs> uh, got my PS3 probably gets the most use just because it happens to get the most use right now it's got the most exclusives out of that and the 360 these days so I play my PS3 a lot and I've got my 360 for some stuff a lot of the exclusive for the 360 i'm I'm not really into like halo don't really care about Uh, mass effect i can play on the pc and would prefer to play on the pc but you still can't get earth defense force on any other format and that's a great game and you can't get crackdown on any other format which is also a great game it's nice to not be in a situation where you have to take sides you just buy it on whatever's great like for instance you buy bayonetta on the 360, because it plays better on the 360. It's a much better game on that console, because it, it was better optimized, but there are other games that were better on the PS3, so you get it on that. But at the end of the day, if it's available on the PC, and it's not a terrible port, I will buy it on the PC, just because I like that flexibility.
0: Most excellent. This brings us up against our final break. When we return, I will get my full Lipton on, and I will hit TB with the questionnaire. Coming up, we have some music from Bill Shaw from one of our previous Wow Idol competitions back on Wow Radio. This one's called Patch Tuesday. We shall be back right after this.
4: Wake up in the morning, wipe the sleep in my eyes. Catching and yawning, I need to be energized So I walk into the office, I know just how I'm gonna wake up with a couple wow I push the power button and soon I'll be on my way Just about to log in, but to my dismay No, no Oh man, it's happening again That's Tuesday No, no Can't play till 11 a.m. That's Tuesday No, no What's a junkie gonna do That's Tuesday No, no Oh, it's my blues day Please, I know you're working hard You're working smart But man, these past Tuesdays, tearing me apart. Now you may already know this, but I'll tell you here today. Oh, you made Tuesdays a new Monday. So please don't be upset over the message that I speak. I just don't understand why you can't work while I sleep. No, no, oh man, it's happening again That's Tuesday, no, no Can't play till 11 a.m. That's Tuesday, no, no What's a junkie gonna do Patch Tuesday, no, no Oh, it's my blues day The moral to this story May not be as it seems No, I'm not saying Tuesdays Are always bad for me So don't you go giving up And don't be giving in And most of all Don't lose heart Next Tuesday, next Tuesday, next Tuesday, there may only be a fifteen minute rolling restart.
1: Say no wise, hey, I tell. When you're not inventing or engineering some brand new explosive device that's going to destroy half of the world, what do you
0: do with your free time? I listen to Versus the World Radio at vtwproductions.com, and you're a racist. Alpha Geek Interviews live on Versus the World Radio returns with myself, Gnome Wise, and some guy from the, the, I don't know, the island. Who are you again?
1: I am Tinkertown.
0: And where are you?
1: I am in England.
0: England. Is that in in Azeroth somewhere? Eastern Kingdoms?
1: Yeah, somewhere around that. It's it's a tiny little island off the coast. We keep prisoners here. It's pretty awesome.
0: Barely worth considering, sounds like. Uh, We'll just move on here. So, time for me to do my famous impersonation of James Limpton. Who the hell's that? (laughs) James Lipton is a sometimes actor, more often host and interviewer on a show here called Inside the Actor's Studio. And at the conclusion of each of his interviews, he uses a standard questionnaire, which he actually adapted from another uh, French interviewer, like uh, Bernard Pivot, and just a standard slate of questions uh, designed to elicit a particular set of responses that are going to tell us lots of things about your inner workings. Moo hoo hoo ha ha ha.
1: We shall see.
0: We indeed shall see. So, total biscuit. What is your favorite word?
1: Indeed.
0: Shocked I was. What is your least favorite word?
1: Well, homework would be one of them, but Let's have a think. Least favorite word. Elitist. Because it's so often misused.
0: What turns you on? Creatively? Spiritually? Emotionally?
1: That's a really odd question. Uh, what That's turns me on creatively?
0: It could be any of those. i to answer all three. But what, what gets you, your creative fires going?
1: Probably current issues that really need addressing in a suitably sardonic manner. and really get into that. I mean, that retarded horse would be a good example of that. I'll on an issue yes. and it's like, gotta get something out for this. And suddenly, 13 minutes later, there it was, the viral explosion of 350,000 views.
0: <laughs> and that was before MMO Champion.
1: It was. I do... But before I go on, by the way, I do have to say a very large thank you to MMO Champion and BB, who has posted a lot of my videos and is no doubt responsible in no small part for my current success. So thank you, you French bastard. He wouldn't <laughs> accept my bribe, as it happens. He he made the joke that I had bribed him for this thing. I, some people actually believed this, which was the best thing, that I bribed him for front-page coverage. So I sent him a single British pound that he did not accept... He rejected my British pound to his PayPal account. I was very upset.
0: Well, the French are like that. They are. That's the problem with France. It's full of French people. Next question in the questionnaire. What turns you off?
1: Things that are creatively bankrupt and dishonest. Dishonesty is probably the worst thing, actually. I've seen so many reviews and pieces of content that have been... Blatant shill pieces and I am sickened by that and um, I, I don't like things that are creatively bankrupt either someone with a very loud mic just talking about random crap over a video which hang on that sounds a lot like my videos but my, my mic's better than theirs so I'm not creatively bankrupt it, it's all cool it is and, all about uh, the microphone
0: uh,
1: yeah things like terrible let's players um, let's play is a genre that was created on something awful and because it's a really easy genre to create tons of videos of with bare minimum effort youtube got a hold of it and it became very popular Uh, and a lot of youtube let's players they don't do justice to the game and you got people that have a, a little handy cam and hold it in their hands while playing the game point it at the screen and think that's a suitable method of recording and i would like those people to fall off a cliff honestly i really would i can provide the cliff if need be
0: you have many of them off the uh, eastern, or the western coast of your uh, little island there, as I recall.
1: We do, we do, we do have the white cliffs of Dover, which I would like to be stained red with the blood of YouTube LPs.
0: It's good to have goals, indeed. And now, one that people who know the questionnaire are no doubt waiting for with bated breath: total biscuit. What is your favorite curse word? Bollocks. What sound or noise do you love? Epic. (laughs) Yes, he did just say...
1: Epic. Epic. I can't do it without a voice manipulation. I'm sorry. The funny thing is about that sample, I can't recreate it. It's lost in the arcane mist of time. It's like a 40k thing. The dark age of technology. The dark age of audio production. When I came up with Epic, I cannot recreate Epic at any point. It is not possible. My voice doesn't go that deep, and it doesn't have that much reverb on it. If you put me, say, in a very large cathedral, and then gave me a lot of whiskey. I might be able to recreate it, but no, not anymore. Well, it you, is lost. you won't it be able adopted. to hear
0: it, but I've got you coming through my mixing desk, so I'm going to put some effects on you, and I'm going to ask you to give it a shot. In three. Go. Epic! It was close. The IRC will let you know if you got close to the market. Not enough bass, I don't think, but... <laughs> we have limited resources here and not enough Well, whiskey. that is
1: Skype. It does tend to take the base end completely off of everything. There's no, really? There's we can do about that. Is that yes. why you sound
0: like a 12-year-old boy?
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: What sound or noise do you hate?
1: QQ. Ah. The eternal sound of QQ and bo. After you say anything even remotely offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Bleeding heart bastards, the lot of them. Not impressed.
0: What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Ho! Ho! Ho!
1: Oh, that wasn't a 300 reference. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I would like to be a Spartan, but failing that, I would be a big fan of actual radio work, honestly. Uh, That would be awesome.
0: What profession would you absolutely not want to participate in?
1: Marketing. Such a dishonest profession. Possibly the most dishonest. And this is coming from a guy that did law at university. Marketing is more dishonest than lawyers, and that is saying a lot.
0: Damn. I need to go towel off my extremities, excuse me. And finally. (laughs) I'm not
2: good. (laughs) Hi, camera.
0: (laughs) Yes, how quickly you forget you're on camera. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Ah, you've been a bit of a bastard, haven't you?
0: Tell me, in your mind just then, was God wearing. A monocle, and a top hat at a jaunty angle.
1: And he's got this big handlebar mustache that twirls around into <laughs> eternity, because he can. Because he's freaking God. You know?
0: Now, from the IRC, why are they asking us questions about worgen sniffing? Is this something from one of your silly videos?
1: Sniff, sniff. So, there's a bug in the beta right now. They decided that in order to Properly create the ambiance of a werewolf. They would make him sniff. The problem is, they make him sniff very loudly every time you press a movement key. (laughs) It's not very good at all. And it doesn't even. Yeah, that's exactly. It sounds like that. Do that again. Do that again. There we go. Yeah, it sounds very similar to that. And it happens every time you press a movement key. It is terrible. We need to create a drop of that. Uh, It is the worst thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll try and get you the sample for the Worgen Sniff, and you can play it whenever. It, it is so bad. It is a thing they have to fix. Silence. At some point. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah,
0: I would imagine. Okay, now I understand. See, I must have missed the Worgen video. Because I don't remember the Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Worgen Sniffing Bug, you can find that on my YouTube channel. It is pretty bad.
0: Now, we are winding our way towards the end of the interview. I know, I know. Shedding tears of grief in the IRC in the land of the internet, but we'll do this again sometime when he's reaches you know the next level of popularity when he's an international star, stage screen man of mystery, women everywhere. It's coming. Just keep watching. Before we go, anything you wish to say to the listener base? What you got coming up? What's happening in your world? What do you want to have us hear?
1: I forty i thought he's happening tomorrow i'm getting on a train at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning traveling down to newbury which is about five and a half hours away from there taking my gear i am also taking my portable recorder by the way so i'm going to be doing some interviews with people there the pro players and the guys from there and i might be doing a blue please from there it really depends on what i'm doing i i will see what i can do i will try and do a blue please i do have all of the the kit on my terabyte hard drive waiting to go i thought it's going to be a lot of streaming of starcraft 2 and the guys i 40 have asked me to do cataclysm in the arena so in sort of the off times when they're not doing anything so i'm going to be doing some cataclysm live streaming i am going to be doing some presentations and some q a so that's going to be pretty awesome and i would love for people to tune into that all of the details are on my latest announcement video, which is on the front page of youtube.com slash totalhalibut. It's called i40 Announcement, so if you're listening to this later, you can see all the information there. And big thanks, go to Multiplay and Fileplay for inviting me along to that. I'm going to be doing some co-casting with Apollo, who is part of the British pro gaming team Dignitas. That's going to be pretty cool. He just got off a stint with Day9 at the Intel Extreme Masters. And... I just like people that keep listening to and watching my stuff. That would be pretty awesome. Please don't abandon me at some point. You know, I'll keep making videos if you'll keep watching them. That seems like a reasonable exchange to me. And a couple of shout-outs, really. First to the Game Station, and especially to Husky for getting me involved in the Game Station. A lot of talented guys there. Really looking forward to showing you guys what we actually have coming up. Because we are just in the beta period. Some people are a bit freaked out. So, oh, is this all you're going to (laughs) do? You have no idea what we've got in store for you. It is going to be so goddamn awesome. You are not going to be able to handle it. Your head will literally explode in fire and guitar solos. It is going to be that goddamn metal. So, we've got that coming up, and I'd also like to give a shout-out, of course, once again, to BB MMO Champion, who has contributed in no small part to the success of the video series. And I'd like to also give a shout-out to all the other video guys, particularly Blue Zephos, who, from the Yogs cast, and that's Simon and Lewis, and I believe that's Zephos and Honeydew, and... They they have some very odd names for their characters in the beta. I'll just... You should go check them out. YouTube.com slash Blue Zephos with an X. So that's Blue X-E-P-H-O-S. They're really funny. They are far more British than I, I might add. Uh, To to the point where people thought they had Eastern European accents. It was funny as hell. (laughs) I've never read anything so dumb in my life. Very regional British accent. Very cool. Uh, And also a shout-out to the Zam Network, who've been putting out some great stuff as well. They're also part of the game station. So... And last, by no means shout out to every single person that's ever watched my videos, and especially the people who have left hateful comments on my videos. Thank you for the extra promotion, thank you for the extra views, thank you for raising me in YouTube ranking, because troll comments are great for that. Because when you get loads of replies, you get a big discussion going on, say if you leave a troll comment and loads of people tell you how dumb you are, that actually gets me higher up in the rankings. So thank you very much to all of the trolls. They have done a great job of promoting me over the course of the years, and hopefully they'll continue to do so. I, I would hate it if all my trolls actually abandoned me. That would suck. You know? So, yeah, that about covers it. What and again, would you do to with everybody, thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much for watching.
0: What would you do with the enormous bag of troll kibble that you keep in the room?
1: Yeah, exactly, I'd have to give that away And you know those things are a pain in the ass to move the smell as well, oh god, the smell I've kind of got used to it right now It sort of burned the inside of my nasal receptors But yeah, I wouldn't want to inflict that on anybody else
0: Now, our ending song here is one that was requested by the IRC I'll just let them figure out what this one <laughs> Yes, this was your idea, TB, I blame you
1: Yes, it kind of was Total. This is not the original
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh
1: god, no <laughs> my,
0: my ears bleed with the memory of it. Oh, <sighs> TB, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come be on Alpha Geek Interviews today. We yeah, appreciate. Thanks for having me. Bringing all your listeners with you, you know, we will shamelessly piggyback off of you whenever possible because I'm not proud.
1: Totally cool by me.
0: Check us out on the web: www.vtwproductions.com. There, you will find a variety of fine shows, including. 24T, hosted by our very own Natural 20, and Yorkshire Tea, they're all about video games with a special emphasis on music from video games. They are excellent. You should listen to them. There's another little show there called Casually Hardcore, hosted by, well, me. Yeah, you should definitely tune in that one because, well, it's me. Recently returned from hiatus where he went off to get married, the Emperor returns with the Emperor's Court, now on Saturdays with him and Highlander. Our namesakes, Octale and Hordak versus the world, also on Sunday. You know, they kind of open the show for casually hardcore. They're they're nice guys. They get the crowd revved up for us before we go on the air. (laughs) And yeah, well, you know, that's how these things work out. But I'm not,
2: you know, I'm not
0: overly, you know, prideful or anything. But that. And finally, we have our show made by you. The World Strikes Back is. Comprised of submissions from our listener base. People who are interested in becoming podcasters, this is a great way to hone your skills and get your feet wet and get lots of great feedback from the community and the other podcasters. The World Strikes Back is available on VTW Productions.com. I have been Gnome Wise, and across the pond, you have been. I love you. (laughs)
1: Possibly. It was in Town. That resides in Dalaman.
0: Thank you for listening. And there will be a a podcast archive of this posted on BTW Productions. So if you have friends who missed it, TB will make the location of the mystery file known as soon as I am done editing it and uploading it. Thank you for joining us and we the hell are out of here. This is a story about a dwarf
2: named Lucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, here, here it comes.
5: Bow, bow. This is a story.